Hello and welcome to the Golden Power Hour podcast, where we are opening doors through open minds in real estate. I'm Kristen Steed. And I'm Carrie Bedore, and we are with Golden Link Real Estate Services. Golden Link specializes in real estate agent development with a vision of helping people live the best life ever. Well, today I could not be more excited to introduce our guest, who is a dear friend of mine, Tiffany Holtz with Coldwell Banker. Tiffany is a top producing agent in the state of Wisconsin by number of units sold and the third top producing Coldwell Banker agent team in the nation. Wow, right? Tiffany is a brilliant team that she surrounds herself with and delivering service and marketing that cannot be replicated. And we are so excited and so blessed to have her here today with us. Hi, Tiffany. How are you? Hello, ladies. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you so much. So Tiffany, obviously we've worked together and we've, we're also friends as well. So you were one of my first and most excited people that we wanted to bring on to our podcast. So thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. We've been together for, you know, worked together for many, many years and I've been in real estate for two decades now. And <laughs> it's weird to say that, but did you start when you were 12? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I've, I've seen a lot of different markets, a lot of different marketing changes within my team and just a variety of different things that I think, you know, as we see a shift in the real estate market today, it's going to feel a little disjointed to a lot of people. And hopefully we can bring some light to some of those things that are happening and bring some hope to a lot of real estate agents out there right now that are maybe concerned about what lies ahead. And, and I love it. And I'm so excited for our conversation because I think it's super timely and relevant for what's happening in our market. But before we get to what's happening today, let's take a step back. Tiffany, you started a team before teams were really a thing, didn't you? Yeah, I guess so. I think back years ago and when you heard the word team, it was like one or two people coming together, marketing themselves as a team by showing three faces together. And maybe they collaborated on some marketing ideas or whatever, but there was really not the systems behind it that I felt really made it more of a business than I guess a team. And that's where I really went into action because at the time, you know, I had been a real estate agent for about six years and I was finding myself in the trap of the ebbs and flows of real estate, right? I could never stay consistent because I was constantly, you know, writing contracts out with buyers and then my marketing stopped. And so then I got those five deals together and it was like, oh, I better ramp up the marketing and I better go find five more clients to work with. And then I work with those five clients. But then I, I found that month where it was like, I had nothing because I, you know, I sucked everything from my pipeline while I was busy doing the doing. And so that's really where I found the benefit of the team. And I started to bring on an assistant that could handle the paperwork. So I wasn't getting wrapped up in that. And that's probably as an agent, like the first and hardest hire, because it's the first paycheck you have to write. And so that feels as though you're giving away instead of getting something back. But what I found really, really quickly is that what you're getting back is time. And it's always time or money. How are you going to leverage yourself and your business? 
And so hiring that assistant allowed me to get out of the paperwork, which allowed me to be with more clients and eventually say, you know what? I have so much business. I need to bring on another agent to work with me that can take on some of my buyer clients and help me be a really good resource for these folks. And so that's what we did. And it, it just snowballed from there. It became, okay, now I've got a really great buyer's agent. And my buyer's agent turned into that she was cultivating business to the point that she was now a business partner. She was a member of my team. And then she got busy and we hired another person and we hired another admin and it grew step by step by step. And I think that for those that are listening and are thinking about, you know, gosh, I'd really like to have a team eventually, or I've started putting the foundation work together and how do I grow? It doesn't happen overnight. It can, if you have the resources, it can certainly happen overnight if you have those resources. But if you don't have the money saved up to say, I can start a business today or going to get a business loan and saying, I can start a business today and I can employ, you know, five different people and have a payroll, then you have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere and you start with the little things that don't cost you a ton of money and you build upon it. Those are the best words of guidance that I can give is start small and build and don't bring so many people in that you can't make those people happy. That's where I see the biggest failure. A team leader brings on 20 agents at one time and you have no foundation, either from a training perspective, you don't have the training necessary to get those people actively working their sphere, working their database, doing the things that they need to do to cultivate business and or being able to provide them leads to help support them to get started. That's just really important. And you know, you have to be able to do one of those two things really, really well, in my opinion. So Tiffany, a couple of things that I want to ask you about with what you just said, you know, it's, it's an amazing story. Number one, that first agent is still with you, isn't she? She is. Yes. We've been together for, I think it's 19 years. That's, I mean, that's amazing, especially when there are teams all over the place. There's a lot of attrition that tends to happen with teams and people don't leave your team, do they? I mean, very, very few people leave your team. And I think you've developed a secret sauce with your, with your team and the way that you run your team, like a business and you've retained because you continue to give value to your team. Yes. I think that what they see in me is they see, if I would have to guess, I think that they see that I'm willing to step up and do the hustle and grind right along with them. And I think that that's important as a team leader that you don't just say, well, I'm just running a business. I'm the CEO of this business and not willing to get dirty with them. And they will appreciate that is when you're willing to step up and say, I'm going to cancel what I was doing. And you're more important. Two, I treat them like my family. I spend more time with them than I do my own family. (laughs) So we've become a family. We have inside jokes. We have times and stories that we would probably never tell on your podcast. (laughs) 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 You know, and that's what keeps us whole. And truthfully, I work with people I love. There's nobody here that I am like, oh my goodness, I can't wait to get away from this person. I, I only bring people into my family that make my life happier and better and want to work and want to want see things as I see them and want to do good in our community. They want to do good by our customers. They don't look at this as just a commission check. Um, of course, it's our career. And of course, 
you know, you'd be a fool to say that everybody doesn't want to take home, you know, their paychecks and they want to reach their goals, but it takes hard work, it takes hard work to get there. And like, I, I just, I think that we've built our team with a lot of amazing talent that is hardworking and that we just don't have folks that are just coming to the table waiting for a handout. I love that, Tiffany. And I've had the opportunity to work and study culture and high-performing teams in corporate environments for the last 10 years or so. And through that journey, I became a student of the concept of servant leadership. And hearing you talk about how you interact with those, how you identify the needs, like you're a true servant leader through and through, you know, it's your natural way of being, of being able to get into the trenches, not expecting more from them than you would expect from yourself. And there's this concept around servant leadership as well about servant leaders have really tough conversations because they do care, you know, so I'm going to have that conversation. I'm going to give you that nudge. We're going to talk about the hard things because I love you because I care about you. And that's one of the things that I think just shines through in who you naturally are family focused, whether it's your actual family or it's your work family, you treat them like family, but you do the same thing for your clients and customers as well. You lead with that. Value, you anticipate what their needs are, you build systems and processes to help prevent those problems from happening. And one thing I think, especially today, whether it be with your customers or your team, like client education and team education and helping them stay in the mindset during these market shifts, I think a huge impactful deal for like influencing the culture that you have. What is that like for you today? Now that we're starting to see the market change, are you having more conversations with your team or maybe you already have been talking about, you know, what we're seeing and the fact that you've been through so many of the ebbs and flows of the market in real estate. Right. So yes, you know, I went through a real estate market in 07, 08 and onward as it ramped up from there, but it's tough. You know, it, it's tough. I mean, I think we have been in a cycle of real estate for probably the last four to five years where entry into this business has become easy. It's, it's easy to walk in and know friends and family that want to buy and sell real estate. And that's an easy conversion. And today the conversation is going to get more difficult. Like you were talking about, Kristen, is like having to have difficult conversations with your team. We as leaders in this real estate industry are going to have to have tough conversations with customers and clients. And that is going to be a shift. So as the market shifts, you know, I equate it to this, right? If you didn't feel well, would you go and talk to your neighbor about it? Or would you go to the doctor, right? If you are seeing your 401k not doing so well right now, are you going to talk to your mom? Or are you going to go and talk to your financial advisor? The same thing is with real estate. It's one of the largest investments people make in their lifetime. People just bought thousands of homes were just sold during the biggest real estate boom. You can't tell me that there are people out there right now worried about the investment that they just made. Absolutely. That's so right. Yes. There's, there's, there's people that need to buy a home right now. There is always people that need housing that is never going to change. When I started selling real estate, interest rates were eight and 9%. And years before that they were 13, 15, 18%. 
people will buy and sell real estate. They, there is a need for homes. There's a need for housing. Well, today's interest rates might seem a little bit scary. And, and quite frankly, I haven't seen what came out today. What, what I think a lot of consumers need to know and real estate agents need to know is that when, when the Fed announces rate increases, oftentimes the banks have already adjusted for part of those because they saw it forthcoming. So we may not see the hike that you hear in the media. It's just really important to empower yourself with that information and that knowledge. But going back to my point is that the consumer needs us now more than ever. They need us to have those tough conversations, Kristen, like you were talking about that sometimes I may have to have with my team. We need to have them with the consumer right now. Because are you buying on interest rate? Are you buying on payment? Are you buying on emotion? Are you buying on price? What, what are you buying on? Because at the end of the day, if you need a house, there's a way to get you in it at a payment that's affordable to you. You know, my team and I were having a conversation yesterday about the fact that I said, so let me get this straight. Six months ago, we had a $300,000 house and people were willing to write $50,000 over to get that house. They were willing to throw away 50 grand and say, I need a house. Here's 50 more thousand dollars. I'll take it. Right. But today you don't want to pay $16,000 more in interest and get it for list price. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Like Great what? <laughs> like, but let me get this. I just like, let me get this straight. Like that's the conversation we need to be having with those customers who sold their house and are living in their parents' basement is don't freak out. Don't freak out because your the amount of buyers that you are now competing with has drastically reduced. The buyers that were buying on emotion wanted to buy up, we're going to sell their home, we're going to buy something different. They maybe are sitting on the sidelines. Let them sit on the sidelines for maybe just a little bit of time. Take a deep breath. That's okay. That's all right. People need to take deep breaths, right? We've had a lot of changes in our economy. And let's talk to the people that need our help. They need our guidance. They need to, they need to understand that it's okay to buy real estate right now and that it's not going to get cheaper. In five years from now, that house is not going to be cheaper. The interest rate might be less. And cool, refinance. We, we, we've done it for hundreds of years. You gals used to be in, in the lending world. Right? right? You have a wealth of knowledge when it comes to real estate. How many refinances did you do over the years, Kristen and Carrie? I mean, hundreds, right? Hundreds. Right. People refinance all the time. Uh, you know, it's really easy to look Google. Everybody's going to Google mortgage interest rates, right? And you're going to see this, this number. But take the time, call your local lender and say, what are my opportunities? What are my opportunities? Can I do a seven-year arm? We did arms all the time back in, in, you know, 2000, 2005, in that range. Arms were a big thing. And then when rates came down, people refinanced. A seven-year arm can save you $16,000 in interest right now. On an average home at $300,000 in our market, that's a big savings. And uh, then those people can go and refinance to a rate that's similar to the arm rate should the rates drop again. And I think you're exactly right when you're having the conversation about buying on payment. The interest rate is temporary, right? No one's going to stay in that house, likely not for 30 years. So to let that be the stop from you moving forward, 
when you were willing to pay $50,000 is just, that's, that's a brilliant conversation, Tiffany. That's just absolutely brilliant. I agree. And, and one question I'm going to ask, and it might be a captain obvious question, but it's something that it was like an aha moment. I had Tiffany while you were talking and it was in your example about when your 401k is plummeting, are you going to talk to your mom or are you going to talk to your you know investment advisor? So same thing with your house. One of the things that I think needs to change is that how many customers look at real estate as transactional where the agents want it to be relationship driven. Like they want to maintain that relationship because you know that different needs will arise. Is that a challenge that you see in maybe the mindset of a customer viewing this more as a transaction than a relationship? Yes, I would say definitely so. And several years back, I had a big aha moment, like you said. And, you know, we would always stay in touch with our clients, send cards and give calls and, you know, different things like that to really stay top of mind with them and just check on them and see how they're doing. And I just thought there's got to be a better way to do this and say thank you to our clients. And so now like annually, we have a client appreciation event, which is coming up actually real shortly here for us, where we've invited thousands of people to come. And I think we have nearly a thousand people signed up to come to our event. And we're hosting uh, where they can come to a baseball game. We have food and drink and gifts for them. And it's our way of saying thank you, but also our way of getting back in front of our clients and answering questions that they might have. I mean, they're standing there in front of us. What they think of us is their real estate professional. So oftentimes they're asking us questions about their home and, you know, what they should do to maybe, maybe it's, they're not selling it. It's just, they want to improve it. And, oh, we were thinking of doing a kitchen remodel. And what do you think? You know, could you buzz over? Could you, could you give me some advice? Those are all things that as agents, we need to be doing. We need to be offering people that guidance, whether no matter what phase it is with where they're living in their home. So yes, I think that's very, very important. And now more than ever, the economy is putting a lot of pressure on people from all stages. I was just also saying to someone the other day, I said, isn't it funny how the last 30 days when you were on social media, all you saw was gas prices. Right. And today, if you scroll your media feed, all you're going to see is interest rates. (laughs) It's the narrative. It's the narrative of the media too, of what's happening. And I'm not taking it lightly and saying it doesn't matter because it matters. It impacts people's ability to buy and sell and maybe move across the country or put pressure on people to sell a property that they maybe weren't anticipating needing or wanting to sell quite yet. So there are all the different elements that we have to think about and the emotions that are tied behind it. Because I think when we read these headlines, sometimes we don't realize is that maybe the pain it's causing someone, you know, economic pressures put a lot of pressure on marriages, right? And what is that going to do to that family? Maybe somebody owned uh, a family lake home and they were thinking, you know what, in five years when our kids are gone to college, we'll sell it. And the economic pressures have pushed them into selling that today because it's just not affordable. There are a lot of emotions tied behind real estate. The people that were banking on their 401k as a retirement, and maybe they now need to work two years longer. You know, what does that look like? What does that feel like to that homeowner and having some empathy and leading with compassion while we're out working within our community. It's an interesting time right now. And when we start to see shifting markets, 
there's always panic, right? And so when we talk about changing the narrative, one thing that has always emerged when market shifts is there's always been opportunities, right? There are opportunities in shifting markets from if it's the consumer side or if it's the the real estate side, if you're the agent or you're the seller, you're the agent or you're the buyer, you're a team leader, whatever your role is in the, in the real estate industry, anytime that there's market shifts, there always becomes opportunities. So not to put you on the spot, Tiffany, but if you are sitting in the market right now, what do you think the opportunity is in this upcoming market shift that we're already starting to see where let's be real the last, what, six months, year, it's been really easy to sell a house, get multiple offers. You have lots of showings and we're starting to see a shift with that, but where are the opportunities in the market today for the consumer? So going back to your point, yes, I would agree that it's been a faster paced market. So when it comes to selling real estate, you get gratification right away. Instant gratification, I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? And that is going to change. That is definitely going to change. The instant gratification is going to go away. So if that is how you drove your business is instant gratification, check, instant gratification, check, instant gratification, check you are going to walk yourself right out of this real estate business. The times are going to shift and it's going to require patience. You are going to endure long conversations with clients that are trying to understand the shift of the market, just like you are. And so I think that as we talk about the real estate market being easy, perhaps because it's faster paced, it, it appears easier, but it still takes a, a strategy in when it's fast paced to make all of the things align. So now we're gonna see the market slow down a little bit, right? We're gonna see people take a deep breath. We're going to see people say, is this the right home for me? You know what, if I'm gonna buy now, I need to have a home inspection because I need to know that I don't have a million costs once I buy this house. We are going to see people challenge interest rates and we are going to need to lead them with our knowledge of the industry and what they can do to help them achieve their real estate goals. It's going to require a lot more conversation with people. It's going to require digging into the database that you have. So I'm blessed. I've been in this real estate industry for two decades. We have an amazing database of people that we are going to be able to tap into and help and help serve. But if you don't have that, I would say, find a way to get it. Find a way. There are going to be single agents that are going to need to join teams right now. And they're going to need to find leadership to help guide them through this tough time. A lot of teams are going to grow right now. And I think that as we talked about, and I use the analogy of if you're sick, you go to the doctor, right? I think right now the people that are needing to buy and sell real estate or wanting to still buy, they're going to come to the people that have been in the real estate industry a long time and can lead them with knowledge and power and understanding of what's happening in the market to make good financial decisions for their family. And that's what we're here to help people do. I went through a market where people made really bad financial decisions. 
they were buying houses with no money down. They were stating their income to a lender. It was the worst mortgage crisis I've ever seen in my life. And so when we talk about why 2007, 2008 happened, I think it's really important for you to understand that that's why it happened. Do I think we're going to see a downturn in the number of sales, prices, you know, things like that right now? Yes, I do. I do think that that is going to happen. I think we are going to have to stay diligent to our market. We are going to have to stay patient with our customers. And I think we are going to have to have upfront conversations with clients to help them understand that this shift of the market and the headlines that they heard potentially 30 days ago are different. And so if you are strong enough to have those conversations, gain the knowledge to sit in front of clients and help them understand and move forward, you're going to win. If you're not strong enough, you're going to lose and you're going to need to find a different career. (laughs) It's true, right? And it comes down to what are you willing to do as, as an agent, right? Because you have to shift your business around a shifting market. You, if you continue to sit and do things the way that you've always done them, you're going to get lost in the hard shift of the market. So when you can have foresight and make some changes in your business today, it's going to help you six months from now when the market has taken a really hard shift. We're in Wisconsin, so there is some seasonality to real estate. We Real estate continues to happen through the winter, right? Not saying that it just stops, but when you are in a good market and you're in peak season, and then all of a sudden you have a bad market and you go to a lower selling season, there will be agents that will tap out of the industry altogether looking to join teams. Um, But those who take the time to look and see what can I change in my business today are are definitely going to prosper. And you know, I love databases. So (laughs) I think it's interesting talking about too, who can benefit. We've been screaming for how long you guys that we need more market inventory. Inventory is so low. We need more market inventory. There's not enough houses to sell to buyers that are out in the market. That's changing. That is changing. Market inventory is rising. We're getting what we asked for, right? We're getting what we asked for is more market inventory. I think that is going to, one, to the investors out in our market that want to buy at better prices and have more selection. The doors are starting to fling open. So take advantage of it, right? Because it's going to shift again. Like this isn't the only shift in real estate. Like it's going to shift again. And as we see people get comfortable, right? Okay, 6% is still affordable. These prices have come down a little bit. They're going to start coming back into the market. The buyers are going to start coming back into the market. And and so take advantage while people are freaking out and saying, I'm out. I'm just out and throwing their hands in the air. Get on the phone with your clients and help them understand That while this is a transitional time in real estate, there are opportunities opening up that you didn't have before. Going back to my last sentiments, right? I gave the example to my team of like, you were going to write $50,000 over and throw $50,000 away, but you won't pay $16,000 more in interest right now. It just doesn't make sense. That That doesn't make sense. However, if you look at it from another perspective and say, okay, if you took a $300,000 home today and six months ago, you had to write for $350,000, 20% down, you've got to bring $70,000 to the table. 
in approximately at 3%, let's just say your, your payments is somewhere around $1,475. You take that same $300,000 home today, and let's just say you had to write $10,000 over to get that house. You're buying the house for $40,000 less. You're bringing $8,000 less to closing, which gives you five and a half months worth of mortgage payments to cover in a reserve in your bank account. You could get an adjustable rate mortgage if you wanted to and probably get a very similar interest rate. Or if you took today's interest rate, your payment's still the same because you're buying the house for $40,000 less money. Have those conversations. If you bury your head in the sand and just say, whoop, mortgage interest rates went up. I can't help anybody anymore. You're going to have a problem. But if you're willing to take the time, work with your customers and help them understand how you can lead with knowledge, you can lead with power, you can show them examples of how it makes sense for them to still buy real estate today, you will win. I also think there's another opportunity as well. And you tell me, Tiffany, what you see in your market, those buyers that were looking at government financing, they just weren't desirable offers when they were competing against conventional offers, or there was a lot of cash offers coming around, right? So there is an opportunity for some of those buyers that didn't have premium financing, I'll call it against, you know, when, when you have 30 offers on a house, you're taking the path of least resistance. So you're sometimes eliminating, oh, here's an FHA property. There might be things that go wrong with it or VA and some of the other programs that are out there. So there's opportunities with those people as well. Correct. Absolutely. I mean, I think that in the past year, it's been very, very difficult for people that were trying to use a VA loan and, you know, put low money down to secure an accepted offer because the seller just had so many choices in front of them at the time that it was riskier to take that offer because of the financing. And if there was a repair that needed, and now we had to renegotiate that or whatever. But I think that we're at a pivotal point in our market that anyone that was doing FHA financing or VA financing really needs to dip their toe back in the water. They need to put their toes back in the water and take advantage of some, I mean, you've seen it. Anybody that's been on social media, you see price reduction, you know, price reduction, price improvement, you know, I mean, sellers are getting to the point where they're like, you know what, I need to sell. Here's my new price. And buyers can take that opportunity to grab onto that and not only grab onto the price, but grab onto the fact that they have hope. They have hope that they can get an accepted offer today again in this market, which again was a big cry for help. Just 30, 60 short days ago of I can't get affordable housing because I can't afford my rising rent, but I could afford a house payment with, you know, three, five, 10% down on some of these loan programs. There's hope for you today. There's hope. Get out. Hook onto my hope. I'll, I'll help you. <laughs> You'll, you'll help them, right? (laughs) Tiffany, I love that. I'm part of a real estate mastermind group. There was this post that said, surround yourself with a circle of real estate friends that are going to talk about how to pivot and shift through this next market instead of friends who find excuses about how things won't work in this market. And I think that's exactly what you're doing is 
opening up everyone's minds, which right, opening doors through open minds around the different types of buyers, whether it's government backed financing, people who are renting investors there, there's so much opportunity out there yet. And you did a really good job of saying like, and this is what we've asked for. How many people who have been thinking about selling their house, but they've been afraid to move forward because they were afraid of the inventory shortage or not being able to find a house to move into. So I think you're doing such a good job of helping frame people's mindset up to say, yes, it's a shift. There will always be shifts. It's how you can stay agile and navigate through this shift that is going to make or break your results in real estate. Absolutely. I leave you at this point is gas is, you know, nearing $5 a gallon here in Wisconsin, right? But have you stopped buying gas? No, no. And stop buying gas. And I get that that's a necessity, right? I understand that that's perhaps more of a necessity, but for a lot of people having a roof over your head and having a payment that is affordable is certainly a necessity as well. And it just takes guidance. It takes the proper education to help people feel secure in the decision that they're making. Because when people feel as though they've stepped out of bounds of their financial you know, wherewithal, it's, it's a different conversation. That is when you are going to have people back out of the market. And rightfully so. There probably are people that should back out of the market right now. That makes perfect sense to say, I have to sideline for a minute. There are probably people that, that they were buying on emotion and they need to do that. But there are a lot of people out there that cannot afford $1,824 rent payments that need to get into housing that is closer to the $1,400, $1,600 range and be saving themselves three, four, five dollars $500 a month in owning a home remember at 6% interest instead of 100% interest. And so we need to be having those conversations with people to find them some security in what they do. Because the other thing that you don't know, right, as, uh, as a tenant is when your next rent payment's going up. Right. And, and so that's a scary thing too. Um, or when your landlord's going to ask you to move out. So just know that also there is security in real estate. A lot of people listen to Dave Ramsey, and he's also talking about the fact that real estate is not going to be cheaper in five years from now. And if you can get a better interest rate, then refinance. So just take time, be patient with people, you know, take, take a breath yourself. It's frustrating and uh, let people take a breath and then resume your conversations. Resume your conversations with your friends, your family, your clients, your customers, and help navigate them through changing times. These are brilliant little golden nuggets of information, Tiffany. I, you know, it's, it's invaluable. What I find as a theme that you've talked about is just how you create such strong bonds, not only with your team, but also with your, with your clients as well. And I think that has to be part, an an ingredient to your secret sauce of what has made you so powerful and so relevant in, in, in your market as, as an agent, you're the number one team in the state of Wisconsin. Let me ask you this. What was a big move that you feel happened to get you there, Tiffany? I would say that I think it's, it's very much the consumer understanding that we are a full time real estate professional team 
that is committed to our community. When people hear my name, they think of real estate. <laughs> they, they know that we don't have a stop and start. I don't leave for a vacation and my business doesn't stop. And unfortunately for a lot, that happens. You know, mark, they start marketing, they stop marketing. They start marketing, they stop marketing. You're remembered, you're forgotten. You're remembered, you're forgotten. And I think consistency is the key. It's consistent to your marketing, your messaging, consumer awareness, your team, the just the way your team operates. You know, are they showing up and are they dressed appropriately? Are they, are they there to work? Do they drive in the driveway wanting to be there or needing a break? All of those things matter. The consumer can read it. I've told my team millions of times, if you find yourself going to an appointment and you're tired out, you're exhausted, we work a lot of long hours, maybe just ask somebody on the team to help you. Because the moment you knock on that front door and you're exhausted and you're tired and you don't want to be there, it's time to turn it over to somebody else on this team because the consumer can read that like an open book and it's okay to ask for help, right? It's all right. And maybe your personal life, your business life, your kids, whatever it might be, like we don't have all the answers. Like my daughter didn't come with like a, a owner's manual. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but you know, I make the best decisions. And when I don't, I rely on other moms and dads and friends and family to say, you know, what did you do? And I think the same thing goes for your financials right now, whether it's, you know, doesn't maybe mean it's real estate. Maybe as a real estate agent, you're concerned about what the future looks like for you. And if what you're accustomed to for your, your goals is going to change. And, and it might, and you need to adjust for that with your family and your expenses and sitting down with financial advisor is a smart decision to find out what that looks like you, you know, don't bury your head in the sand and say, well, I'm going to be just fine and nothing's going to change because things are going to change. Things are going to change and they're going to change again in 18 months from now. <laughs> you have to be open to change, right? Because if not we would still be driving to real estate offices, trying to look at the windows because that's where you would post new listings, right? Hey, and then still be, we'd still be faxing offers to one another. <laughs> what's your fax number? Um, what's a fax? <laughs> oh my gosh. I can remember years ago standing by that fax machine and it would be like on page 24 out of 26 and that would get jammed. And like, I'm, oh my goodness, like- Really? <laughs> and now our bigger problems are, you know, getting right. to transfer into whatever system you use to email it. Goodness. Tiffany, do you remember what year you started in real estate? 1999. Okay. So let's take a leap back in time. We've got this cool little time machine. What would you go back and tell Tiffany in 1999? What would you say to her if you, if you could have a conversation? I would definitely have positioned myself better as a business owner back then as a young entrepreneur, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, <laughs> right? You still are. Come on. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I came into the business just really excited about selling houses. And as I progressed, I realized it really isn't about houses. It's about relationships with people. And them feeling, you know, a commitment to you and confident in you that you're going to get the job done. 
But going back, Carrie, to your question, I think that I would have positioned myself better as a business at that time. We're all independent contractors for the most part. Most people listening to this are probably an independent contractor, right? So you get the check, you put it in your bank account, and, and all these commission checks just keep rolling in. And I think that it's really important to set yourself up with an accountant, somebody that can help you have a foundation to that business that you're building as a real estate agent and, and having the fundamentals to that so that, you know, you're paying yourself a salary, you're taking into account tax advantages that you can have as a business that we really are. We're, we're a business. You're an independent contractor and making sure that you know exactly what you're doing. Cause I think one of the big things I see oftentimes with new real estate agents is they make several paychecks and then they don't realize, you know, what that's going to look like from a tax perspective when they go to pay their taxes and that can crush people. So really understanding that, setting it up from a business plan, setting yourself up as a business and, and helping yourself progress. Because I would say that I waited five years too long to do that. And had I done that a little bit earlier, I think that I would have done things sooner, faster, better, more efficient. And those would be the things that I would go back and change. That's such good advice. And, you know, we actually talk a lot about how being a real estate agent is a business. It's not a job. Mm -hmm. And so many people that are jumping into real estate, very few people graduate college and go right into real estate. There's some, and they're doing really well. You have one on your team, but they've worked somewhere else. Right. And they're, they have to understand when they come in, they have to think like a business owner, they have to run their business like a business. So I think that is just fantastic advice. And I think that we have a great opportunity to share that knowledge, right? It's almost the responsibility of the people that went through, you know, the startup phases of getting into real estate, um, went through this, the 2007, 2008 market. And as we start seeing shifts that are happening, you know, we want to encourage people to think differently. We want to give them the foresight of how they need to change. And because we are an industry together, we're not necessarily all competitors, right? We want to band together. And if real estate agents are providing exceptional service all over the place, right? It helps, it helps everybody. So the more that we can share and the more that we can give good advice to people that are getting into the industry or that are in the industry right now and they want to make shifts, the more it helps you because we are an industry representing a very important market and a very important piece to people's livelihoods. And that's why I'm so grateful that you took the time out to come and share some things today because no doubt you're killing it. No doubt you're going to continue to kill it. And let me ask you one last question here. Do you think your daughter's going to be a real estate agent? Oh my goodness. I don't know. I, I would love to see her join me at some point. Um, you know, she's 11 now. So there's a lot to, you know, a lot to think about in the next few years, but I'd love to see her be a part of my business, but she has an amazing passion for dance. And what's really cool is oftentimes you see a young student like this, right? That she's into dance and she's like, I want to be a dance teacher, <laughs> you know? She came to me and she said, mom, I think I want to own a dance competition. <laughs> so she's thinking business and bigger. And I was like, I love this kid. 
And she's like, so you're going to need to call Carrie because we're going to need some marketing. And Curtis, you're going to need to line him up because he's going to need to video it. And Mimi, which is my mom, she can run the merch table. (laughs) That is adorable. (laughs) It was really cute. And I'm like, well, what about me? Like, what am I going to do? And she's like, well, you got to run your real estate business. You're not in this. And so who knows, you know, the sky's the limit. And, you know, I've just given her the wings to fly. That's awesome. I think it's adorable because she's obviously so exposed to it. She's looking at you as her role model and saying, what's my passion and, you know, figuring out, Hey, how can I turn this into a business? What a smart little cookie. And she is a phenomenal dancer and she's absolutely a beautiful too. Oh, thank you. Tiffany, Carrie, anything that you want to say before we wrap up? I just want to say thanks for having me. And, you know, I'm always want to be a resource in real estate, whoever I can help. And that you are. If anyone has been listening, it's no wonder why you are the leader of a nationally ranked team. No joke, like your empathy, your wisdom, the peace of mind that you give all of us, Tiffany, I think is so comforting. And I also think that the things that you shared today around patience and it being okay to ask for help, to look around you, I think it's a great message to share as this market continues to shift and people in real estate continue to evaluate what their path forward looks like. Even your story about your daughter is so beautiful because it shows that when you're part of an environment, a caring, supporting environment that has the right systems support infrastructure in place, like a lot of great things can happen. And so even your, what you would say to Tiffany of 1999, as you were getting in and having that business mindset, you know, recognize that everyone is walking a different path. It could be that someone goes down that business mindset or someone joins a team who has the structure in place to help support you. The reality of it is, is agility and staying in that frame of mind and keeping empathy and patience at the forefront of the conversations today are going to be huge. And you have been such a tremendous resource, Tiffany. And I know Carrie and I both appreciate you taking the time and sharing your wisdom. So that is all we have for today's golden power hour podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and are looking for more ways to develop and grow your real estate business, check us out at mygoldenlink.com. If you are looking to get a hold of Tiffany, all you have to do is open your eyes because you will see her everywhere. Uh, the Tiffany Holtz real estate group, um, you can find them on Facebook. You can check out their website and we'll have all the contact information in the write-up on this podcast as well. So thank you. Have a great day and stay golden.